Good evening. This is Dennis Wong from Sinan Nutritional and Sinan Pharmacy in Winnipeg. I'm a clinical consultant pharmacist and wellness coach. We have uh, my good friend, Mr. Willard Reeves, Winnipeg Blue Woman Hall of Famer on with me tonight. Mr. Nandu Pass on uh, vacation somewhere, so he's taking a break and uh, well-deserved break. How are you doing, Willard? I'm for doing excellent, Dennis. How are you? I am good. I am good. Today's being uh, the day after the long weekend. It was a little bit uh, busy at work and, you know, you got stressed a little bit, but I tried to manage it and trying to keep it calm so that I can get through what I need to. Yes. And that's, you know, the, the big issue is that in day-to-day -day life, we have to learn to manage these stress properly so that it won't become a chronic stress and it will not, you know, start affecting your health and your uh, body function. Yes. And so we've been talking about different uh, area that stress affects. So I, I figured that tonight, you know, we'll touch on this big area uh, that our hormones and how, you know, our body work with the hormones and how the stress, chronic stress especially can affect the hormone symphony and hormone balance. Okay. So will that... Uh... Of course, that includes uh, the ladies as well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. They are, they have the most complex system and our body, either, you know, woman or man, we have these hormones that our body is complex that always trying to balance it, always keep it in equilibrium. Right. But when you have a chronic stress that things just, you know, go haywire. And so... Tonight, my thought process is that we're going to, you know, we should talk about how the hormones are working in uh, women's and, and then men and how, you know, hormone imbalance that caused by chronic stress affect, you know, either uh, men or women. Your everyday life, yes. yeah. Yeah, exactly. How, you know, what happened to their life. And, you know, for female, like, you know, there's a lot of people say, I'm perimenopausal. Yes. I'm worried about, you know, menopausal symptoms. And you have to understand, if you understand why you get, you know, some people get more menopausal symptoms compared to others. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, then I think, you know, proactively, and our goal, uh, you know, both of us is preventative, right? Yes. So understanding how the chronic stress can throw off your hormone symphony and balance and now causing more symptoms when you get into menopause. Mm -hmm. If you can learn that and you can start working at it, you know, a little bit at a time, ahead of time, so when you get to menopause, then you're not going to be, you know, having all these major symptoms. You may or may not get, you know, symptoms, but if you do, if you proactively uh consciously work at it and manage at it, then you will have a less symptom than other people. Okay, when you're talking about working at it, and I guess this is the coping, the coping mechanisms that you're, you're absolutely, to. yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what I wanted to kind of say is do is just general idea of how female hormone works. Okay. And then, you know, how the stress effect. And then we can discuss, and you have a lot of different coping mechanisms being a professional athlete, and yes. you know, they've trained you, they've shared you, shared with you. And so we can discuss about all these different uh, coping mechanisms that what we should do, why, you know, how we should do it. Not one thing for everybody, but I'm sure there's a few different things that you and I do for ourselves, and we can share that and you know, hopefully that can help uh, people. Yes, so, I agree. That's a, that's a good idea. For the female, uh, you know, we heard a lot more about women having menopausal symptoms. You don't hear a lot about men because two things, men don't want to talk about it. And second thing, men 
kind of ignore that saying i'm a man i can handle it you know that's whatever and they just you know sort of yeah (laughs) and then they became total wreck and i've seen that you know when i talk about man's side i'm gonna share some of the things that i've seen so for the female understanding how the hormone works and how the hormone balance that will give you better idea when you get to the menopause area, perimenopause area, how you're going to balance it and how you're going to manage it and how you're going to cope with it. So the key hormone balance in female is estrogen and progesterone. They have to be certain ratio, certain balance. And when they were, uh, you know, younger as, you know, they became quote unquote adult female when hormones are like fully producing all of that. Okay majority of the female hormones are produced when they ovulate from the ovary. Like when they ovulate, then that's hormone uh, estrogen production and the progesterone production happen. Okay. And at the time, their adrenal gland, I'm going to talk about adrenal gland because the stress is a huge thing. At the time, the adrenal gland job is to produce cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and to okay. manage the stress response, fight or flight. And so adrenaline, no adrenaline, and cortisol is the main thing that adrenal gland produces for the female, for the woman. Okay, and, so go ahead. Yeah. And so as you know, time goes on, there's some time that uh, testosterone is also produced through the part of it's produced through the adrenal gland. Okay. And if they have proper stress management, like, you know, if they have stress and then they get proper sleep, etc., and they don't get overstressed and they can recover, then the body will just balance that nicely. So is the body producing more uh different types of hormones in terms of uh when we're talking about imbalance yeah so when it becomes imbalance is this what we're talking about uh, where yeah that's what stress comes right so estrogen and progesterone unless there's a environmental factor that coming in okay. not a lot of women will have imbalance of production there's you know specific uh, disease condition, etc. Some people will have it, but in generally, it's always the body's complex and always keeping that balance. Mm-hmm. Unless you have chronic stress. Okay. So what happens is when you have chronic stress, your body trying to make more cortisol because cortisol does a few things when under the stress. Cortisol making sure that you're producing enough energy by increasing the sugar level in your blood uh, stream. Okay. And at the same time, cortisol is the same as a hydrocortisone. It's a steroid. And so it's actually trying to reduce the inflammation if in case during the fight or flight that you get injured. Okay. Wow. Go ahead. That's the key thing for the cortisol during the stress time. Oh, wow. So your diet, I guess, will play a little part in that as well because you mentioned about the sugar. Absolutely. You got it right. So if that's imbalanced, then um, we have a problem, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pretty much. And when that happened, because you're body want more sugar during the fight or flight for the right. you know quick energy, then it's gonna have a carbohydrate craving. Oh right? so people you're... you know have a yeah people have the carbohydrate craving when they're under chronic stress because the body's demanding quick sugar. This is when you have to consciously eat more protein because protein will not spike the sugar. Protein will still give enough steady fuel for the body to burn okay and it will not spike that sugar but if you give in for the craving for carbohydrate then your sugar is going to spike and that's why in the long run you start seeing type 2 diabetes oh 
Okay, and, so there's you know, an adverse okay, there's an adverse yeah. effect on effect. any of it. Oh, absolutely. And that's sort of the tip of the iceberg. Okay. But for the hormone side, for our body to make cortisol, the precursor is progesterone. Okay. So that's where the imbalance come in. When the body's trying to make cortisol, it's going to take more progesterone to make more cortisol. But if our natural production has not increased the progesterone project production, your estrogen progesterone balance will then go out of whack because your progesterone level gonna go down because making more cortisol. Meantime, nothing is taking away the estrogen. Oh. oh. So that's when you see a lot of female as they get into perimenopausal, they gain more fat because estrogen dominant, estrogen mm -hmm. is estrogen increase the fat production, fat cell production. So and even though, in, yeah, exactly. Even though for some women, like, you know, they are not making more estrogen than normal, but because progesterone level went down because of the stress making more cortisol, now the body feel like she got more estrogen. And so then you're going to have these excessive estrogen symptom of fat holding, fat building. And at the same time, they're going to have issue with the period and stuff because there's no proper balance there anymore. So, you know, the uterus lining, all of that change, and they're going to get all these symptoms. And people will say, oh, you know what? I'm getting hot flashes because hormone imbalance. Hormone imbalance is one thing that create the hot flashes. The main thing, 70% of the hot flashes is the fight mm -hmm. or flight. So, so my wife is going through menopause right now. Yeah. And yeah. you're talking about the hot flashes. That is, huh. uh, it's amazing. I mean, I can be looking at her one one minute and next thing you know, she's she just flushed, Sorry. you know, yeah. sweating and stuff. Yeah. So, so if you're, if if I'm hearing this right, that could be causes of in terms of the uh, hot flashes itself could be more about the sugar that she's taking into it, the extra sugar she's taking in. Is that correct? That in itself, and so that her system went into fight or flight overdrive. Right. Because when you get into fight or flight, your body need to make more energy to either right. fight or run. And but when in the chronic stress situation, that control is not there properly. So the body are trying to make so much energy, burning, okay. you know, fuel, carbohydrate or sugar, and that producing so much heat. Hmm. And then the body trying to cool itself down, so vasodilate, blood pressure, okay. you know, blood vessel open up to cool it down to sweat it so now they get the flashes and then you're going to see that they sweat the sweated okay. natural mechanism to cool our body down because our body's overheating okay. from the fight or flight because our body temperature control is now with the chronic stress out of whack okay so she can get at one point she can be as it's hot, throwing throwing covers off, yeah. you know. The next point she'll uh, be really cold. And yeah. next and she'll be cold, exactly. Yeah. Because and that's what's going on. Trying to reduce that temperature down, again, overshot it, that it's not getting to normal, but body temperature get really low. Right. Okay. All right. So, so I have, you know, I have a lot to talk to her about. Absolutely. <laughs> Tell her just when that happened. It's she's saying she's not stressed, but somehow her brain is, for Tell whatever reason, stressed. saying it's stressed, it's and stressed. I gotta fight or fly, flight. Okay. So do a deep breath, yeah. you know, some meditation to calming the brain down. And in this whole thing, the thyroid hormones got involved also because when we got too much cortisol, mm -hmm. like our thyroid hormone 
thyroid gland makes a thyroid hormone called levothyroxine or T4 okay. in you know uh, acronym form, and then when that T4, it's that is a not a active hormone as in you know actual giving you thyroid function. That is the precursor. T4 then get into a cell muscle cell. That's okay. when that T4 get converted to something called T3. They take away one iodine out of it. That T3 is actually active thyroid hormone that help our muscle cell to produce energy. So it's pretty much your brain's being tricked and saying that uh, um, I'm stressed, right? Yeah. I need to I need to produce more exogen and stuff. And yeah. now I'm starting to sweat. So this is where you get in your cold. This is where you get yeah. in the cold sweats uh, when you're menopausing. Right. Uh, and okay. with the with the thyroid, that T three and T four conversion, there's an enzyme that take away that one iodine from T four to T three. Okay. When you're on a chronic stress and you got high cortisol, mm -hmm. cortisol inhibit or block that enzyme from converting off the T four to T three. Okay. So now your energy level go down. Yeah. You have fatigue. You have hypothyroidism, and at the same time, your estrogen is making whole, you hold more fat and creating more fat. Okay. On the other side, the thyroid hormone cannot burn the fat because you're not making enough, converting enough uh, T3. Oh. So it, it's a complex system that, so, you know, and at the same time, you're craving more carbohydrate. And if you give in and you eat more carbohydrate instead of eating protein and vegetables you can really get into this you know weight gain and fat gain and you're just you know set up for it oh that is this this is explaining a, a whole lot especially with my wife because she likes um especially with her cereal she'll be sitting there and all right. of a sudden she start piling all the sugar into her cereal and i said why don't you have some cereal with your sugar right yeah because yeah. uh she's putting so much in there so right. i'm i'm starting to see the the complete imbalance as yeah. to why her her it's, uh, her hot flashes are are so intense right because you know the more sugar sugar is also inflammation yes right? The more sugar you put in, the body will have to burn it more. And the more it burns, you know, the hot flashes and stuff happen. Because I worked with a few uh, ladies recently and, you know, after three months of working with them for lifestyle, menu planning, all of that, then they came back and they told me, like, you know, if they have a cocktail of certain type with more sugar, mm -hmm. When they come, go home at night, when they go to sleep, their hot flashes come back with the vengeance. Yes. But that... if they don't have a sugary stuff, they're fine with it. So you're, you know, absolutely right. But for your wife is that she's eating cereal and sugar and stuff because yes. subconsciously her stress is making her do that. But from your point of view, as gently and tactically, <laughs> as I can be, <laughs> yeah, get, you know, get her more protein, or you know, adding some protein to her breakfast and cereal and stuff. Right. Right, like cottage cheese. And I'll make fruit. that suggestion, but uh, right? I, I doubt if she eats it. I doubt if she eats cottage cheese, <laughs> but you know. You know, you know your spouses, right? Yes. So you have to kind of work with that. And that's, I think, is part of our job as a spouse. Right. That understanding, you know, our partner and what's going on. And that's why I wanted to share this because okay. not a lot of people out there understand the whole hormone thing, especially okay. on the female side. Like there's a funny a video that I saw on Facebook the other day, I think a couple of weeks ago, that the lady's complaining about headache, that she's having this chronic headache. And she's trying to 
you know, just talk about it, want her husband to listen. But he's like, if we remove this, like she got a nail stuck to her forehead mm-hmm. and that causing headache. But she doesn't care. She just want him to listen to her. And she's like, you're always trying to solve the problem. You never listen to me. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, if I remove that nail, your headache will be gone. She's like, I don't care. I just want you to listen. So, you know, we have to understand what they like and they don't like. And we have to kind of work with that. That's part of, you know, coping mechanism for the stress for that. Okay. Right? So we have to not add extra stress saying, oh, because of this, this is happening. We have to kind of say, you know, would you like to eat, you know, some eggs or something or omelet I can make for you type yes. of thing. And rather than, oh, you should eat eggs or you should eat protein so that, and they're like, you're trying to fix me. You know? <laughs> so, well, I try to keep my wife out of the kitchen as much as I can. So well, I would do that. I would, exactly. Uh, you know, just say, hey, you know, can I make your omelet? Yes. With your cereal. And like both of us, we cook, right? So mm-hmm. kitchen is our domain. So yes. we can play with it. <laughs> and for any, you know, man out there that, you know, the wife's having some issue with perimenopause or menopause. Oh, yes. You know, look at this and do, you know, a little bit of this kind of thing. And then the other thing is absolutely whatever that will calm them down, help them relax, right? Not saying, oh, you know, shopping therapy is good for them. Let them go shop. No, I'm not saying no. that. <laughs> But, you know, within the whole relationship, are we doing something that, you know, causing them more stress? Like, you know, even after supper, sometime I help, you know, put away the dishes, whatever. Mm -hmm. That little thing, they appreciate that. Right. And that actually reduces their stress because a lot of women are working outside at the same time as at home so they got actually two jobs compared to right. some of us and so if we can help out a little bit here and there at home like for you and me we cook you know right. that's a major stress release for my wife because she she knows you how to, to worry cook. about it yeah. yeah she she's a great cook but she does not like cooking ah, okay. and i'm like you know what don't worry about it cooking is my thing but okay. tonight we got home like you know at the nick of time. Right. So I was trying to get ready and she just went into the kitchen and, you know, we know each other when we need to step in. Okay. And that, that's one of the key things that I think that will help uh, reduce their stress. Ah, okay. That's, uh, boy, that makes more sense than, than ever before. You know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I can help her with because of her menopausal, you know, and the right. hot flashes that she get. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it's intense sometimes. It really it is. is. And I, I heard uh, some woman told me that they can get like 30 to 40 hot flashes at night and even daytime. Oh. And imagine that, you know, you can function. No. Because, uh, and the more you get it, the more you get stressed. The more you get stressed, the more hot flashes and stuff you get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from our point of view, whatever we can do. And, of course, you know, we talk about food, protein, and vegetables, loading that up to help with the stress side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, doing breathing techniques or meditation or going out for a walk, whatever, that help them, you know, relax. Right. On the other hand... There's also like, I, I haven't really talked a lot about, you know, supplement and vitamins and stuff. Like vitamin B complex is a good supplement, basic supplement for uh, supporting the stress and energy production. Okay. During the stress time, our body uses up so much of the vitamin B complex. So supplementing will helpful. The other thing is uh, magnesium. Yes. We don't think that magnesium is that important, but in actual case, there's about 300 different enzyme functions that magnesium involve in our body. And one of the things is muscle relaxation. And second thing is energy production. So, right. you know, those two alone 
uh, is really important because when we're stressed, our heart rate goes up. That use up a lot more uh, magnesium. Okay. And yeah. that use up a lot more energy, and the muscle has to put, you know, produce more energy. So during the energy production, it's going to need more magnesium because okay. magnesium is a major part of energy production. So, you know, knowing a couple of those, thing, those things, and then, you know, we tell people that drinking green tea or chamomile tea type of thing yes. that calm you down. The green tea, because there is a nutrient called L-theanine amino acid in the green tea, that actually studies are shown that when you drink green tea or take L-theanine supplement, it actually calm the cortisol spike. Okay. And calm your brain down. And they've done the study with athletes that before they make them exercise an hour, they give them a green tea uh, L-theanine extract uh, supplement. And compared to other athletes that did not get the supplement, and then they measure the cortisol level. And the one who got the supplement, the cortisol levels are normal. The one who didn't get the supplement, the cortisol levels spike. Okay. Is that is is that is it in ginseng as well? Uh, no, it's not in it's ginseng. Not. That's okay. specifically in green tea. Okay. Yeah. I was, so, I was the reason I was asking that is because when I play football, we uh, we'll get this ginseng. Um, for, you know, uh, one of the players had ginseng, and yeah. and he would take it uh, all the yeah. time. And wow, he, I mean, he was really calm. Because, regardless, yeah, because ginseng is another uh, have a supplement in Chinese medicine, and now in you know integrated medicine, that that is what we call it adaptogen, that actually calm okay. your adrenal down. And oh, okay. give you better focus. So for me, when I'm, uh, you know, stress, etc., I take a combination of ginseng supplement and okay. the green tea extract, uh, the L-theanine supplement. Right. And sometimes I will take like this morning, like I said, you know, being a, after a long weekend, it was really busy at work this morning around 11 o'clock. I can't concentrate. I was kind of a little bit into like anxiety saying, I got so many things to do. Am I going to finish it? So I okay. decided, okay, I'm going to go take the L-theanine supplement. So I went and took my supplement and then had some, you know, drink some water. And within half an hour, so I was able to calm down a little bit. And then I was able to concentrate better. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I got to do this first. Like <laughs> I line up my stuff there. Okay. Before was, I'm like all over the place when I walked in because it was just so much. Yeah, that's what I do too. I I will take uh, if I have a lot to do, I will sit down. I would take a time out, uh, maybe five or ten minutes, yeah. and figure out what do I need to do first, right? Exactly. And make sure I do that, deal with that task, then this task, this task. So it pretty much calms me down in a lot of ways. So that's how I kind of uh, control my stress, especially when I know I'm under the uh under a time limit so to speak you know at work right. or whatever it is um i would do it that way because it uh it calms me i can get it done efficiently efficiently um without uh um you know you know stressing about something else you know that's not uh that i haven't dealt with uh, at that particular time exactly mm -hmm. and you know everybody has different way of coping it yes and the key thing is that you have to slow your brain down when we'll get into this kind of stressful situation. And then, like you said, you know, take five, 10 minutes off. For me, is I were trying to do, you know, deep breathing for mm -hmm. about, you know, at least uh, five minutes if I can and just stay away from everywhere and then calm myself down, think about, okay, what I need to do next and mm -hmm. what I need to do after you know set it up type of thing so that after that then i don't have to think about it right. i just go and do one thing and i know that when i finish then i'm going to do the next thing until i finish it i'm not going to think about the next thing that's exactly how i do know, it yeah. yeah otherwise 
just drive you nuts because you're worrying about, <laughs> oh, I haven't finished this and I got to do like far more things. Yeah. That's so. exactly what it is. Because if I can't, if I get, if I can't get to the last thing, I'll put that last thing until, you know, maybe tomorrow or something like yeah. that and not yeah. worry about it. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And some people say, oh no, you can't do that. Well, you can, right. You prioritize right. the most, uh, you know, urgent thing you need to do but it as the first thing and go from there the yeah. last thing may be the most important one but not urgent that you can you know deal with it the next day like right. last friday i had a, a big uh, new component formula that i have to create mm -hmm. i got all the information that i needed to but i have to do the big calculation three o'clock i told myself you know what this is important but not urgent. If I do it right now, my brain is tired already. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the calculation error. So I said, I'm going to leave that until Tuesday. Okay. So this morning I went in. That was the first thing I said, I have to finish this right away. So that's how, you know, I started today because I left the important one. I wanted to get in with a clear head to be okay. able to uh, work at it properly. That is a, that's a good way of uh, looking at it and doing, I mean, I pretty much do the same thing when I'm, uh, when I have multitask that I need to, uh, complete at a certain time. So yeah. I'll take, I'll take the most important one and just work my way down from there. And I found that that has been working for me for, uh, years and years, even when I was playing fo uh, professional football. Right. Um, yeah. What, is I, what do I need to work on? Um, earlier on, it was my catching. <laughs> you know, uh, I do worry about it sometime when I was playing in my earlier years. And, you know, I started working on it, making sure that I got out and got uh, um, a quarterback to throw me some balls and making right. sure I can I can figure out how I need to do things. And, and uh, later on, I got very good at it. Although well, I right. read up when they hand me the ball and let me just run with it because I didn't have to worry about that, you know. But yeah, yeah. you don't have to worry about catching it. Yeah, because some quarter, some quarterbacks leave you out and leave you hanging, right? And you're reaching right. for the ball, and all of a sudden, here comes somebody, and all of a sudden, crunch, right? Yeah, yeah you make the exactly. you make the highlight film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, for any you know female that listening to us or it's going to listen to re replay look at it that all the hot flashes 70 percent of the issue is underlying chronic stress so making sure that you eat more protein and vegetables doing some meditation or breathing exercise and doing anything that reduce the stress and trying to focus and work in the moment mm -hmm. you gotta plan it but you cannot worry about what's next and i know that people say easier said than done and you have to consciously train yourself like you said you know initially you worry about oh am i gonna catch the ball and am i gonna have issue but you keep practicing at it and yes. what i do the same thing is that you know I try to slow down and I'm always go, go, go. But I've trained myself over the years that, okay, there's time that I'm going to go crazy. But what do I need to do to slow myself down? Okay. And you figured out the technique. You figured out the, you know, way to handle that. It's not going to be overnight. No. We know that you know, especially you know that as a professional, you know, football player, train and like th that's how we call training, right? Yes. We gotta keep it's learning repetition. something yes. and repetition and make it good. And so, you know, I have people that come to me and saying, "Oh, whatever you told me, I tried it. It didn't work." Mm -hmm. How many days? Three days. Well, <laughs> no, you know, it's work right you have yes. to you have to do more than that and studies have shown that if you do something consistently at least for 21 days that become a habit yes and i agree and with that that's I... what 
that's what you want to do is, you know, you're trying to change old habit into, you know, replacing with the good and new habit. And if you can do that, then it's going to be better in the long run. I agree. I agree. I think it's just like what they're saying, practice make perfect. Right? Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. As a professional athlete, you know, you're working on your, your, weak, your weak points. Uh, you want to get better because by you working on your weak points, um, uh, you enhances the team um, to be better. Uh, at what they're doing because you make their lives a yeah. lot easier because um, you're getting better at um, learning something that uh, you were very weak in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's sort of the female side of the hormone and stress. I want to touch on a bit on the male side because as men, like I said, I uh, mentioned it before, we don't like to talk about it, you know. We do, as a man, still get uh, something called andropause when we hit 40, 45, 50, depending on, again, you know, female uh, menopause time is 40 and, you know, later, depending mm-hmm. on each person. Some people may hit menopause at 45, some may hit 50, 55, all depends on person to person. And the yes. same thing for the male there is something called andropause. What happened is that before the andropause, in the male, testosterone, we looked at it as testosterone as a key hormone for male. Okay. There is some balance with estrogen. We as a, because people don't know that in men, our testosterone, the same as uh, women, is convert from our uh, testosterone actually convert in female a lot more to estrogen. Okay. In male, it converts still a bit to estrogen. So we do have oh. that's our emotional side. So some people may have more estrogen in men, other may have less estrogen in men. And that balance is key when you put men under chronic stress, there's a couple of things happen. Testosterone level most likely will go down for two main reasons. One, when we are under stress, our body actually make more protein called sex-binding hormone globulin. Oh. And that sex-hormone-binding uh, globulin, what it does is it's actually hold on to the free testosterone and take it away from available testosterone. So now you feel that your testosterone level is low and your libido may go down, your energy may go down, your muscle may not be as strong as you used to. And then a lot of male will go to their doctor and say, my muscles are weak. I don't have as much strength as I used to. I need testosterone. Right. And I've seen that that physician will prescribe testosterone and it does not work at all. Libido did not come back. The energy level did not come back. The fatigue did not improve. What happened is in some male, they got more aggressive, more angry, Mm -hmm. and more abusive. Because what happened is like I said, there's two things when chronic stress hit men. One is making this more protein to hold on to testosterone. The other thing is that testosterone get converted to something called DHT, which is another male hormone that is 10 times stronger than testosterone. That is potential. That DHT is a potential cause of male pattern baldness and male aggression. Wow. And that DHT is also potentially can cause prostate cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so go ahead. Well, stress can really kill you in male in that way. That's one way. Oh man. Okay. What about 
Okay, we're talking about um, the testosterone in men. Yeah. Okay, now when they add steroids to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now give me some, uh, give me something so I can tell my friends who are on steroids. Um, it, is it good? Is it bad? Or what is no, it? No, it's I, bad. I, it's bad. Okay, it's I'm bad. Talking, it's bad for the because liver. Because testosterone, the basis is steroid. You know, when we in the sports and stuff, we use steroid as a uh, general term, yes. right? So what they are doing is they're using something called anabolic steroid. Yes. That to increase the muscle mass and muscle, you know, strength type of thing. When you add that, it's actually potentially more harmful and potentially causing more cancer type issue because uh-huh. anabolic means growing right yes. so if you have some sort of like i'm going to share this information that almost all of us has something called cancer stem cell yes all of us and environmental trigger all of that make that into cancer mm-hmm not everybody get cancer. Only right. certain people get cancer. We have not 100% figured out why, but we know that, you know, pesticides, etc., trigger that. Some people will say, oh, because, you know, pesticides cause the cell damage and whatever. Uh, on the other hand, we already have cancer stem cell. Pesticides just trigger that to grow. And if you have that kind of thing, you're not eating properly and you're not, you know, careful with that and you're using anabolic steroid, that can really trigger cancer. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. I have friends. Go ahead. And you may see that people that are using these anabolic steroid, they may be more aggressive. They may be more, you know, uh, angry, you know, quick. Roid rage, um, as yeah. we call it in the uh, professional uh, aspect of it, from yeah. body yeah. building and all yeah, this other because stuff. those anabolic steroids are also driving more DHT. Yeah, yeah, for your aggression. Yeah, for your aggression. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good thing at all. Okay. And later on, as you you know you stop training and playing professionally. You're going to start seeing, and that can also affect your liver, etc. because you're putting these excessive amount of anabolic steroid in. The liver has to clear it. Yes. The body doesn't want it. Oh, so yeah. the liver has to work harder, and that's all come to end. If they are stressed, we talk about, you know, the gut not working properly, then the, the bar movement's not there properly, then that, you know, whatever body is trying to get rid of these excessive steroid and stuff, not getting eliminated because they may be constipated, they may not have a regular bar movement because mm-hmm. of that stress and all that come into play. And again, depending on what they're eating, right? It is tremendous what stress actually does to a human body. Mm-hmm. It's, um, wow. You know, just just thinking something uh, outright, putting stress on yourself can be a major problem, major problem for you. Absolutely. Like for the man, you know, like I said, we don't want to talk about it. We don't like to talk about it. We want to treat it. We want to have more testosterone. I have one patient that came to me about 13 years ago that the physician actually, I know the physician well and physician know what I do. So she said, you know what? I'm working with this gentleman for about five years and testosterone dose is going up to like 400 milligram a day, which is super high, even for a male. Like, you know, 50 to 100 is pretty decent. If you go higher than 100, if it is 200, I'm telling the physician the dose is high. Mm-hmm. already and this gentleman came to me with a 400 milligram of testosterone supplement a day oh wow and he's exhausted he cannot talk at all he cannot concentrate and so i work with him for the like menu planning and stress management and all of that mm-hmm. and took us a year 
and gradually trying to reduce that testosterone supplement also. And we got it down to 50 milligrams a day and took us a year to work on his whole menu planning and sleep and all of that stress management. And we got the energy and libido back. Oh, okay. How's his liver now? <laughs> his liver was good then because okay. we detoxed it also throughout the year. And I loaded him up with a lot of vegetables and uh, fibers and also, you know, good protein mm -hmm. throughout the day type of thing. And he was, uh, he's a East Indian uh, gentleman. So I okay. tried to work with his sort of uh, culture food, like, you know, more chickpeas and uh, turmeric and all of that. And so with that, after a year, his liver enzyme were good. His bowel movement was regular. His energy is back. Libido is back. He was sleeping better again. And then he actually, after six months, he started then talk to me. Initially, every time he come in, like he, like, I don't care attitude because okay. he has no energy. He can focus and he just like fix me. And after six months, then him and I start having conversation okay. about different things and his work and stress. And for him was, you know, the culture mm -hmm. and the stress because he's the first generation Canadian. Right. You know, the parents born and raised in India uh, and he sort of came over with the parents and go to university and stuff. He's an engineer. And there's a lot of family culture expectation yeah. when he got married. You know, I'm the breadwinner. You know, I got to have a family. I got to do this. I got to do that. And so all that, he actually pushed himself so much to. Must push himself to the limit. Limit to show the parents that, hey, you know, I'm a good son. I'm a good husband. And I, right. you know, I'm. You can be proud of me. And the wife saying, I don't care. You know, you're sick. Mm -hmm. Nothing's matter because you're not there. Right? Right. We as a husband and wife, you got to be there when I need it. You just can't, you know, provide food, whatever. And then, you know, you think that you're good. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to communicate all of that so the wife's like you know what i don't really care all the house and whatever that you provided i appreciate it but right now because of this you're sick i need right. to you know help you heal and so she and i actually walked like six months once a month we met and okay. she and i talk and he's just there and took us six months to get him into the whole conversation. And then when that happened, it got better and better. And after a year, he was so happy. He said, you know what? A lot of people, especially immigrants like us, the men need to know this. Yes. We are so proud and we're so pushing to be get you know recognized and all of that and to make sure that our parents are and our relatives are proud of who we are right and sometimes that meant nothing yeah it's that it's that pride thing that uh, yeah. that men go through um, exactly I'm, you know i'm the i'm the head of the household i'm the breadwinner um, mm -hmm. nothing bothers me. I can handle my stress. Right. And the fact is when you get them alone, um, they're not handling it at all. Right. No, but they're, no. they're hiding it. Um, they're yeah. hiding it from their, their loved ones. And, yeah. uh, knowing the fact is it's your loved ones who you need to lean on a little bit more when you're stressed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Huh. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I wanted to bring this up because mm -hmm. we, as a man, we need to, let people see our own emotion aside. Yes. Right? You know, if we are not doing good, we should be willing to open up and get support from your spouse, from your wife, so that they can help you. Yeah. 
geez, you know, I cry on the commercial sometimes, but you know, you know, I wear my, <laughs> you know, I wear my passion on my sleeve. You know, I'm not afraid to uh, tell a person that uh, I'm not having a great time. I'm not having, yeah. you know, I'm having issues or something like that. I'm not afraid to tell my uh, my spouse or you know or my kids or whatever it is um, you that shouldn't I'm be. having an issue. So yeah. yeah, so it 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 also helps my kids, which they do when they're having yeah. issues and yeah. stuff like that. They'll they'll tell me, they'll yeah. tell me about it. They're not afraid to do it, you know, because you need, yeah, I've done it. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, you you live by example. We learn by example, and yes. we need to be able to talk about things like you know when you see on TV commercial, right? These young kid that having whatever issue, stress issue, mm-hmm. need to talk about it. If you don't yes. talk about it, it's going to build insight and then it's going to explode. Yeah. Next and doesn't matter male or female, everybody's handled differently, but mm-hmm. we need to be able to talk to our families and friends. Yeah. This is, you know, that's why we got the family unit. That's why we have friends. When I came to Canada uh, in 84, mm-hmm. totally different culture, totally different language. Yes. And it was very stressful until I got into pharmacy. I'm grateful now looking back. Pharmacy was small faculty. There's only, you know, in our class was only 50 of us. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon we got to know each other. You can't be alone at all because small class, everybody's trying to, you know, I was very quiet because new culture and stuff. Right. And some of my classmates started teasing me, bugging me, pulling. So I'm like, okay, I need to make friends and I need to learn stuff. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy. So I started yes. going to, you know, they invite me to these pharmacy event and stuff. I started going to all of that mm-hmm. so that I can be with others and I can be friend with others so I can have somebody that I can lean on. Right. And right. so that is an important thing with the stress is that you need to be able to talk to somebody. And that's the, you know, the same thing with the mental health, right? Mm-hmm. All the helpline and stuff always talk about, you know what? Talk to somebody. Yes. You have to do that. You and have you shouldn't to be afraid to do no. that. And that is one of the start of it. Uh, I know that some culture, some family is like, Oh, you can't talk to your dad or you can talk to your mom or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're so afraid to say anything. Uh, And that's how they grew up. And those people are the one that potentially get into these uh, hormone imbalance and, you know, hot flushes and later on mental health issue because they were so restricted and they were so afraid of saying anything. Yeah, because society has taught you, uh, especially as a man, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, keep it inside. Yeah. Which was yeah. the wrong way of doing things. I Absolutely. Mean, I can remember back when I was a little kid, you know, and of course you had your father coming home and, you know, you think everything is chummy chummy because he's always laughing. He's already always smiling, you know, but yeah. those odd occasions when he comes home, he's not smiling you want to know what's going on, right? Yeah. Because uh, something has changed. Uh, right. It's, it's, come, it's time is coming in. And so you, you know, you want to know about it, but that where that's where you're talking about the ticking time bomb. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can be there at the wrong time. Right. And all of a sudden that ticking time bomb goes off uh, right. on you and you have yeah. no idea why. Why? You know, because exactly. men were taught back in those days to keep it in, you know, to yep. deal with it uh, privately, as they put it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not saying that tell everybody everything, but you have to have a channel that yes. you need to be able to talk to, right? So if, you know, you've got a family unit, then your spouse says, yes. From my point of view, everybody is different, but from my point of view, like I can talk to my wife about anything. Yes. And I need to for certain stuff because otherwise I know that I'm going to get too stressed and that's it. I can't do anything anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that point of ticking 
time bomb that waiting to explode. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with, you know, her and, but for younger people, et cetera, talk to your friend. There's, you know, yeah. I'm sure somebody there that you are close to, like yes. my kid, when they were younger, uh, my son said, oh yeah, you know, we, among the friends, we talk about this, that, etc. And when they were younger, they felt that, oh, maybe they can't talk to me because I'm too busy. So they talk to their friends. Now right. that he's older, uh, he told me about it and he said, you know what? It doesn't matter how busy I am. You have some issue that you need to discuss. Come to me. Yes. If you cannot talk to your friends, and even after you talk to your friends, if you feel that you still need to talk to me, come to me. So everybody is a little bit different. Every family is a little bit different. But I hope and pray that, you know, they feel the kids are feel comfortable to talking to the parents and the parents are feel comfortable to discuss some of these things, their own stress issue with their kids. So that, like you said, you know, your dad come home and always smiling, whatever, but he's holding everything inside and you don't know when he explodes, exactly. why it's that happened, right? So the kid need to understand everything. The whole family dynamic need to be there. Yeah, you have to trust that person uh, yeah. that you know that uh, you can go and, yeah. and, and talk about anything with them and that he's going to, you know, he's going to help you uh, deal with it um, the way he has dealt yeah. with uh, some issues yeah. sometimes. You can just just bounce it off of each other. If uh, You know, like I have a very, very good friend. His name is Alan Castell. Great. And uh, he's uh, he's he's one person that I can actually go to and talk about uh, things uh, if I can't talk about it with uh, a family member or sometimes it's probably not family related. All right. But, right. Um, you know, we bounce things off of each other once in a while um, because we've been through a lot of things together. So um, that's that's what we talk. That's what we call a very trusting best friend. Absolutely. Well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, we started, I, you know, our titles, Hormone Symphony, but a lot of people looked at it saying, oh, when we get into menopause or endopause, we have hormone imbalance issue. Mm -hmm. But if we manage proactively, properly, especially the stress and, you know, the food and nutrients and stuff, when you get into endopause or menopause, your symptom, if anything, should be mild. Yes. So that's why we talk about all these, you know, coping mechanisms, talking to people, meditating, eating a little bit more protein and mm -hmm. etc. So okay. I got my email address on there. If anybody have any question, definitely email me. And also I have a 15 minutes complimentary uh, strategy uh, appointment that I've listed there. And from of course food point of view, the smoothie. Mm. You love the smoothie. I love the smoothie. <laughs> this is my recipe that I use. <laughs> you have your own recipe. So, you know, if you want Willard's recipe, definitely comment and message us. And I'm sure He'll share that with you. He played with it for a few different ways, a few different yes. things. And there's, I'm sure, one or two different recipes that he would love to share with you. And I hope that the information that we provided are really good and, you know, at least thought-provoking. Yes. In two weeks, I got one of my early mentors, Dr. Bob Rakowski, coming on as a guest with us to discuss about concussion. Yes. He is a chiropractor, nutritionist out of Houston, Texas, and his client, early client were Evander Holyfield and Yao Ming, these professional you know, athletes. And right now, I know that he's currently working with uh, even a Holyfield son who's just 
into the professional boxing. And mm-hmm. so, and over the years, there's many things that he's done and I've learned so many things. One of the things that I want to discuss with him and, you know, we'll let you, you know, as a professional football player, yes. concussion is a huge thing. And he has actually treated many uh, concussion uh, patients and being able to reverse, etc. So I'm hoping that we can get some pointer, if anything, by prevention and then treatment point of view. So until in two weeks, we will see you again and uh, keep healthy. Take care, everybody.